paranormal experiences don't really work to a timescale, and therefore we invite you to listen to a dark mini-sode. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another installment of a dark mini-sode are smaller episodes that we like to fit in between the larger editions of The Dark Paranormal. Although these minisodes are shorter in length than a standard episode, they definitely provide enough paranormal food for thought before we reach our main course, so to speak, for the full Dark Paranormal episode on a Friday. Today, we have an experience from one of our listeners where they take us on a retreat. Now, this is a Catholic retreat, so it's very much a faith-driven experience. However, with faith, there comes the black, white and grey. We have the divine angelic good on one side, the demonic and evil bad on the other and us humans somewhere in between. And if we're all perfectly honest, each day we may lean more one way than the other. Now, I'm a very lapsed Catholic, as I've said numerous times before, but one thing that always interests me is in the many fractured, splintered parts of Christianity, is they all seem to push an individual towards Catholicism, when they are allegedly attacked or possessed by demonic force. There are many experiences, some of which we've featured on this show, where leaders of other parts of the Christian faith will say, we can't help you, you need to go and see a Catholic priest. And I say those words with nothing other than wonder, as in, I wonder why. What is it about Catholicism itself which seems to hold some sort of power over the demonic? One thing that is clear when you take a deeper look into exorcisms in general is that out of all of the different gamuts of Christianity, to get a Catholic exorcism requires a lot more stringent examples of possession than in other aspects. So, for example... In some gamuts of Christianity within certain areas of the world, you just literally need to say, I'm possessed by Satan, and a deliverance minister, in air quotes, will carry out an exorcism, in air quotes. The Catholic Church does require a large number of criteria to be met before they will even consider an exorcism. We have covered on a previous episode of The Dark Paranormal a case of a laicized priest. That is, a priest who has renounced his vows, and he done so because the bishop of his diocese actually refused his request to carry out an exorcism. I guess the point I'm trying to make is, regardless of your opinion of organised religion, within the whole fractured gamut of Christianity, on the one side of things... There are certain factions where I could go online now and become an ordained minister and an alleged demonologist and have the power, via the internet, to cast out demons. On the other side, we have Catholicism, 
which, with its rituals, its incense, its Latin prayers, seemed to hold some sort of foothold in the camp of controlling the demonic. And I say this thinking out loud. In the knowledge we have on record, leaders of, for example, Lutheran churches, Baptist churches, sending people to Catholic churches when dealing with alleged demons. Why that should be the case, I've genuinely no idea. However, today's experience in a Catholic retreat once more highlights this relationship between demons and Catholicism. Will we get any more answers from this experience? Well, I wouldn't hold your breath. Ironically, there may be several parts throughout this experience where you find yourself holding your breath. The following is Jeanette's experience. My name is Jeanette, and I've been listening to your podcast and loved it since the very beginning. Anyway, after hearing all of these experiences, I've always thought about one specific event that happened to me whilst I was serving at a Catholic retreat. I always knew there was a spiritual realm, because I've always been kind of sensitive to the unseen. And I say kind of, because I would typically ignore it, and I'd go on about my day, especially when I would feel or see certain things. So I feel I didn't grow on that specific gift of my life. All this is to say that I not only realise there is more that we cannot see, but, as you'll hear, I had it inches away from my face. I lived this retreat myself a couple of months before I started serving them. I served the women's retreat and the youth. The retreats are for women, men and youth. All separate ones on different days and different months. I served every woman's retreat I could. And I loved it. Because I saw people getting set free. And I wanted women and youth to experience what I myself had experienced when I lived it. These retreats are held in mountains. It's for four days and three nights. You completely turn off. And you have to turn your phone in when you register. You then hop on a school bus and off you go to the unknown destination on a Thursday evening and arrive back on a Sunday afternoon. All meals and drinks, etc. are all provided wherever the retreat was. I myself saw many powerful deliverances, arguably miracles. But on this specific retreat, I was in for a terrifying experience. One that to this very day, I've not forgotten. And I know I never will. There are topics throughout each day along with a play on each topic that's performed. The topics start soft and get stronger as the days go on. This was night three, 
and the topic was addiction. Typically, the person who was talking about the specific topic would also be the one to plan the play that we would be doing along with their topic. But for the topic addiction, it would usually include a casket. I cannot say in detail the specifics behind it, but it takes a lot of praying and preparation behind the scenes to make this topic happen. Just as I write this, I'm getting chills all over my body. It's just so powerful. So, for the addiction play, you need other women who are serving to help carry the casket. I was asked to be one of them. I'm sorry for all of this detail. I just want everyone to understand. And I really hope I'm making sense. I knew I was going to be a part of the play. And even though I wasn't going to be the one delivering the topic, the addiction topic itself, again, needs preparation. So when I knew I was going to be a part of it, I started praying from that day. I was asked to be a part of the play until the day of addiction. So, me, along with the rest of the chosen women to carry the casket, were all backstage preparing ourselves. We wore all black, black sunglasses and red lipstick. We said a short prayer before hearing the key word to start walking out. The first thing that hinted the topic and play and outcome of addiction was going to be strong is, as we were praying, the smell of sulfur began hovering over us. I'd never smelled sulfur, but right away I knew it was something from the spiritual realm. Something we just couldn't see because as soon as the prayer was over, so was the smell. Nobody said anything, and since we didn't have our sunglasses on just yet, I just saw all of us moving our eyes to each other, in a way asking if we'd all just smelt that. So the key word was said, and we picked up the casket and started walking towards the front of the stage. But... Every step we took, the casket started getting heavier, as if actual death had began to lay in the casket. I knew I wasn't the only one, because the woman next to me said, Is it just me, or is this casket getting heavier? I nodded. No one else heard her because they play really loud music in the background to go along with the play. But it was good to know someone else had noticed it too. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. 
And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank accounts. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step-by-step step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. We place the casket down. And after putting the casket down, we were supposed to just stand behind it throughout the entire play and pray, pray, and pray. Because... This is when the strongest and most powerful of deliverances would take place. So the play took place. The music in the background still fairly loud. But when the play was done, we were able to go and help anyone with prayer in their seats. Or wherever a deliverance was taking place, or just anyone in need of prayer in general. A priest came in. And to be honest, a lot of deliverances were taking place. So a priest started praying for some women. When all of a sudden, another woman, who was serving the retreat as well, comes and holds my right arm. She honestly looked very scared. I don't think she'd seen a deliverance take place before. She was holding on to my right arm tight and she would get close to my ear and tell me she was scared numerous times. Remember, there is still very loud music in the background, which is why she had to lean into my ear to say anything at all. All I did when she would tell me she was scared is rub her on the arm and tell her to close her eyes and pray and not be scared because Jesus was delivering people from their addiction. I never once told her this whilst looking at her because I was scanning the room to see if anyone else needed help with prayer and I myself had to get close to hear her so I was looking straight ahead. I can't explain it but in a split second I don't know what she saw or heard but for the first time she hid like in my armpit area. I don't know why that took me by surprise, but it did, in a very scary way. I didn't ask her anything, nor did I rub her on the arm. But all of a sudden, it was like my ears blurred out the background noise. It was like I was in a bubble just with her. All of a sudden... The grip she had on me got tighter. 
in a very different way than what I've been feeling for the past ten minutes. Again, I don't know why, but being super transparent here, I was terrified. I still decided to rub on her arm and told her, Come on, pray the Lord's Prayer with me. Bad idea. And I didn't even know it at the time. Not a bad idea that I wasn't supposed to do it, but it was a bad idea because of what followed after. So here we go. I tapped her on the arm and told her again, let's say the Lord's Prayer. And gosh, I was not prepared. But as I started saying the Lord's Prayer, and she, or I may say, it, came out of hiding from my armpit area, it wasn't her voice anymore. It was of a demon. I dare to say demon, because of all the deliverances I've been to, I knew the voice. You just know when it's no longer a person. And not only was it not her voice, it was a male voice, deep and thick. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your... That was all I was able to say. I froze. My mind went blank and I literally could not could not remember the Lord's Prayer. But that thing next to me kept saying it, all the while looking straight into my eyes. And as I looked into her eyes, I realised they were no longer her eyes. The eyes were the size of a big button. Deep, black, a black I've never seen before. And these huge black eyes developed into the long vertical slits like a crocodile's eyes. Again, the background noise was blurred and it didn't have to come close to my ear for me to hear it. I was able to hear it clearly stood about five inches from my face and looking straight into my eyes. I don't know how, but I snapped out of the bubble I was in with it. The loud sound came back and I unlocked eyes with it, but that thing did not take its eyes off me. My legs were like spaghetti, but I was able to start walking looking for any other women serving to help me. What was happening? And even though it and I was walking, the eyes wouldn't stop looking at me. It was the most terrifying feeling I've ever felt in my life. And not only was it looking straight at me, it wanted me to lock eyes again, still repeating the Lord's Prayer. Finally, I found a woman serving, and I pointed at her while going close to her ear to tell her to help me with this thing, this now-possessed woman that still had a grip on my right arm. Thankfully, the other woman 
didn't get scared at all and walked us both to a room we have at the back for continuous prayer. So we walk in there, still glued together. And my goodness, some other women thankfully were there, just praying. And when the other woman told them what was happening, they stopped praying. They came to me and ungripped her arm from mine. They walked her in front of what Catholics call the Blessed Sacrament. They lay her down and started praying. At the same time, another woman walks out to go to get the priest. And as soon as the priest walked in, I left. Because even when they ungripped her from my arm, its eyes were still locked on to mine. So I did not want to know or see what was about to be delivered from her. Much later that same night, all serving women have a meeting whilst the women living the retreat are asleep. We talk about what we can do better next time, what mistakes were made, and how we can improve overall. So we began talking about that day's addiction topic. And that's when I found out all of my group smelt the same sulfur smell. All of them felt the casket get heavier. And some of them had strong experiences themselves. I talked about my experience, and some of the women in my group were in the room when I walked in with the possessed woman, and they shared with everyone what happened. The woman herself was even there, but she did not remember any of it. The last thing she said she remembers is telling me she was scared. And she doesn't remember anything after that until she was delivered. I'm no longer Catholic. Not because of that experience, though, but because I was led to Christianity. So I no longer serve, but I did come to a realisation that I was never prepared enough. My faith through my prayers was not enough for that encounter. I don't encounter demons anymore, but my prayers look a lot different than when I was serving at those retreats. I still keep in touch with some of the women there, and retreats still go on. And I always say no matter what religion you are, the retreat is so good and, in my opinion, needed. Thank you for the podcast. It's created a safe space for people to talk about supernatural experiences. I don't know if this will make the show, but only that group of women and you reading this email know about my experience. So just typing it down feels great. Thanks again for the podcast. Much love, Janeth. P.S. I have a short, terrifying story for the youth retreat too. Well, Janeth, thank you ever so much for providing this week's mini-sode, and please do send on that second story. And for everyone, I look forward to speaking to you again on Friday for Episode 7 of The Dark Paranormal. Until then, take care.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.